0: changes in funding and facilities could be coming to the local theater scene. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, and today on Noon Edition, we'll talk about what exactly can be expected to change in the Bloomington Theater community. We're joined by the Executive Director and Artistic Directors of the Buskirk Chumley Theater, Cardinal Stage Company, and Ivy Tech John Waldron Arts Center. How are they preparing for the changes, and what can the community expect to be different? And we invite you to join the conversation after this hour's news. Production support comes from Smithville Communications, serving Southern Indiana with fiber gigabit internet and digital IPTV. More information at smithville.net.
1: And from School of Public Health Bloomington, Public Health Reimagined, addressing 21st century health challenges with a multidisciplinary approach to disease prevention, health promotion, and enhancing quality of life. publichealth.indiana.edu.
0: welcome to noon edition i'm bob zaltzberg editor of the herald times and today we're going to talk about the growth of the theater scene in bloomington and look at what the future might hold we have three guests with us and all of them are in the studio today danielle mcclellan is the executive director of the Buskirk Chumley theater paul daly is the artistic director of the ivy tech john waldron arts center and randy white is the founder and artistic director of cardinal stage company If you have questions or comments, please give us a call at 855-0811 or 1-877-285-9348. And you can join the live chat at wfiu.org slash noon edition. And you can follow us on Twitter, at Noon Edition. So thanks for being here, everybody. I think you're all return guests. Yes, is, thanks for great. inviting me. You know, it's it's really interesting. I'm, I'm happy to talk about this topic today. You know, I've been, uh, I, I wish I had a nickel for every time I've said this on this show, but I've been in Bloomington a really long time. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm just interested to hear about the growth of all, all three of your organizations because basically I predate them all. And, you know, I remember a Bloomington when there wasn't a Buzzkirk Chumley, you know, when there was just a drive to restore the Buzzkirk Chumley, and Randy, you came on this program right when you were starting Cardinal Stage, and of course, Paul, you're relatively new in the community, and Ivy Tech's involvement with the John Waldron Arts Center is how many many years old now? Well, Uh, we're
2: approaching five years Five
0: years, approaching five years. So, you know, for people who have come to Bloomington in the last decade or so, this is all, well, the last eight years, I guess, with Cardinal Stage. Um, this you know, well, before that people would think, well, you know what, what is the art scene like, the local art scene? And in terms of theater, it's just totally changed in the last decade or so. So uh, Danielle, let's just start with you. I mean the Buskirk Chumley Theatre, it's right there in downtown Bloomington. There was a big drive to restore it years ago. So give us a little bit of history and sort of the mission.
3: Okay. Um, well, the, in, the former Indiana theater um, was, I mean going way back. Built in 1922, Harry and Nova Vonderschmidt operated it originally as a silent movie theater. Um, And it continued to operate in that way all the way through um, the mid-70s when the Carasota's Theater Company took it over. It started showing uh, two films in there at a time. And then in 1995, the Bloomington Area Arts Council um, successfully negotiated a donation of that building from Carasota's Theaters to the Bloomington Area Arts Council with the intention to um, renovate the building to make it primarily a live performance venue. And, you know, they engaged in what I think is still the largest um, arts fund drive in the community, at least up to this moment, um, to restore the building. Um, and reopened in April of 1999. Mm -hmm. Um, The Lotus World Music Festival was just in its infancy there, and the participation of Lotus fans in that drive was really key. Um, But unfortunately, the BAAC was only able to raise three and a half million. The building uh, restoration cost four and a half million. The Arts Council made the decision to get the project done and took out a loan on the building to finish the renovation. So unfortunately, when they opened in 99, they had very difficult cash flow problems um, that weren't easily overcome. Um, And so by early 2000, um, the theater was um, dark, the staff was laid off, and the community as a whole was in danger of losing not only the John Waldron Arts Center, which the Arts Council ran at that time, and the Blooming uh, and the Chumley Theater, um, Mayor John Fernandez at that time um, created a task force. Um, the community as a whole came to de- came together, and the city was able to help the Arts Council re sort of fashion themselves, and we created a new nonprofit that would ho- have the sole responsibility of running. The theater, and that was BCT Management, and it was founded in in 2001. Um, I was hired in November of that year to become the first executive director for BCT Management, um, and we have been operating the theater now for. Uh, Thirteen plus years.
0: Okay, we'll get back to some more details about the BCT. So you're the first and only executive director. That's correct. Okay, all right. <laughs> and Randy, you're the founder of Cardinal Stage, founder and artistic director. And I know you know from talking to you in the last couple of weeks. I mean, I've known this really before that, but eight years, eight years, right? Yep. And, and uh, so, you know, your vision, and I think it's always good to go back to you know Randy White's vision of what what Cardinal Stage could be. You know, you just kind of came to Bloomington and said, "We're gonna, we're gonna try this,
4: right?" Well, well I'd start by saying when we were deciding to move, my, I'm, I'm part of the trailing spouses club in Bloomington. My, mm-hmm. my wife got a job at uh, IU, and uh, when we were touring, and one of the things we did, uh, I don't know if Danielle you remember this, but I, I met you mm-hmm. uh, because we were just getting a tour by a grad student, and, and I and I thought at that time that the Buzzkirk was pro- was probably the decision maker for us mm-hmm. in terms of moving to town, mm-hmm. and we we looked at the Buzzkirk and we said this is a community that cares about the arts. And uh, it, was, it was at that moment that we said, yeah, I think we can make Bloomington our home. So the, the Buskirk is a, a hugely important building in this town and, and one that's very dear to my heart. Um, you know, the, the idea behind Cardinal was simply that when I looked around and, and saw uh, the history of theatre in Bloomington, there's been so much wonderful work done by so many people, Mike Price and Diane Condra and Martha Jacobs and a long line of people through the Bloomington Playwrights Project. But what, what didn't exist was, a, was a, a, bus, a different kind of business model and, and an idea for how uh, the community could support a professional theater company. So the mission of Cardinal from the very beginning has been simply to establish the company as a professional regional theater. Professional meaning people get paid and regional meaning that we serve a variety of interests, no specific uh, mandate to do a certain kind of player. We, we serve a broad mandate uh, or a broad range of people uh, through, through, the, through Cardinal. Mm -hmm. Okay, and now,
0: Paul Daly, so the Ivy Tech John Waldron Arts Center, it's another, the Waldron was another big story in Bloomington for a long time. It sat vacant for many years, a drive was held, it was opened as an art center, and then it was, as Danielle said, it was uh, under the, basically, it was going to shut down. And then Ivy Tech stepped in.
2: Yeah. Um, When I first got to the Waldron, uh, I saw carved in stone above the door. City Hall, 1915. And at that time, I thought, boy, somebody's going to have to celebrate the centennial here eventually. Mm -hmm. And then I went to sleep and woke up, and it's 2015, and we're celebrating the centennial of the Waldron. So that building's been there for 100 years. I mean, obviously, it's got a long history. Uh, that we're just a part of. Mm -hmm. Um, It spent many years as City Hall uh, housing government offices and the police station, the fire department. Uh, We still have in one of our performance spaces niches where the horses were that would drag the fire wagons out. Um, Mm -hmm. We just discovered there's a cistern underneath the building that would have provided the water for the fire wagons. so it's it's really a neat place to be in. Mm-hmm. Of course, the Bloomington Area Arts Council uh, managed to raise the money and convert the building into an arts center, uh, ran the space for almost 20 years and did an excellent job. Uh, you'll be surprised to know that an arts council had funding problems. Uh, and at that time, it had become such a part of Bloomington, everyone was anxious to save the arts center but who could do it? Who would be able to provide the funding and and uh, the leadership? And the chancellor at that time, Chancellor Weichart, uh, spoke to Mayor Cruzanne and said that he would be happy to take the building. Um, chancellor Weichart and, and the current chancellor, Chancellor uh, Jennifer Vaughn, both believe that Ivy Tech is a comprehensive community college. And if you ignore one of those three words, you're ignoring an important part of our mission. And the Waldron really satisfies all three of those. Uh, Comprehensive. So the college offers everything that a student going to a college would want to see. Um, We offer art galleries. We have performances they can watch or be a part of. We offer uh, academic courses in the space. We offer courses for the community in the space. Um, Community we offer our spaces to the community first. Before we take any of the spaces, we always open it up to the community and say, come in, rent our space. Um, And we offer the classes that are open to the community. Anybody can come in and take the classes. And the college, we offer our our fine arts classes there. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Both of you, uh, I believe, have mentioned the, the Bloomington Playwrights Project. And I just wanted to to say that we invited Chad Rabinowitz from the Bloomington Playwrights Project to be here. He was out of town, couldn't be here with us today. But, Paul, could you just mention a little bit about – give us a little background on on BPP.
2: Sure. Uh, BPP, of course, is the only theater in Indiana committed to producing uh, new plays. And that's important for for the nation. Uh, we need places that are, that are producing new plays to keep the art of theater alive. And um, – we work closely with bpp now of course we work closely with a lot of uh, places in town i mean uh, cardinal hosts many of their shows at our space and we love having them there so certainly this is not our only partnership it is one of our partnerships Uh, we're currently working with chad and the bpp to uh, have our intro to production classes um, so that we don 't have enough of our own shows that our students get the experience to work on productions, so we 're going to work with uh, I, uh, with BPP to get our students there building their sets, wor- hanging the lights, um, working on costumes mm-hmm. uh, but BPP has in the past few years really grown tremendously, and that 's been a neat a neat ride to watch and uh, be a small part of. Mm-hmm.
0: If you have any questions or comments for us today, please uh, join our program by giving us a call at 855-0811 or 187-285-9348. You can also join the live chat at WFIU.org slash Noon Edition. And you can follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition. You know, there's so many different directions we could go with this. But I, I want to get into sort of some of the business angles first because, um, you know, we've all sort of talked about how the Buzzkirk Chumley was in sort of deep water for a while the waldron was in deep water for a while it seems like you know the arts in general it's hard to keep funding for the arts i mean it's just that that's just sort of a given it seems to me bloomington is uh you know is blessed to have a wonderful and vibrant arts community with the busker chumley with the john waldron arts center with cardinal stage and a whole bunch of other groups but it seems as if everybody is always trying to you know, raise money. There's not a maybe. Is, is it that there's not a big enough audience around? I mean, how do you how do you you know going forward? How do we make sure that the arts community thrives the way that Bloomington, you know, Bloomington likes to brag that we're a thriving arts community. But how does it actually? How do we do that in reality? And Danielle, I'm just going to throw All it to right. you first.
3: All right. <laughs> um, well, from the Buskirk-Chumley Theaters perspective. We think of our facility as a creative entrepreneurship center, um, and Cardinal Stage is a perfect example of the way in which this faci- having this facility available to the entire community makes new business, new arts business possible in Bloomington. And other communities where a facility like this, a facility that's not managed in this way, um, don't doesn't exist, doesn't have the opportunity for someone with a great idea to come into the community and make it happen through that facility. Um, And the BCT is available to anyone to rent the theater. We don't have a specific creative vision of our own. Our first and foremost mission is to provide support to others who do. Now, we do do some programming of our own. We present major label concert artists like Iris DeMent coming up on Saturday. <laughs> Slide that right in. There are just a few tickets available, but call the box office and you can get in. Um, but we actually do that programming because it makes money. Um, we put that money back into the building and the theater and our operations so that we can support the efforts of our local community members and allow the space to be as available as possible Mm -hmm. to others. And so um, our philosophy is very much that um, we're we're an entrepreneurship center almost more than we are an arts center.
0: Well, we were talking before. I mean, you had a mayoral candidate announce his candidacy it was, uh, before 300 to 400 people last night at the mm-hmm. theater. You've had weddings there that I've attended and, mm-hmm. you know, just a whole lot of different things. So it is a community center.
3: Absolutely. A doubt. I mean, mm-hmm. we have uh, – I like to think um, – and we've had many experiences where we have people's entire cycle of life – Um, involved with the theater, you know, the um, children's first play, um, the um, child's first dance concert. We have Mm -hmm. multiple dance studios in town that have their spring recitals there. Um, Involvement in a variety of other community events. They might be on stage because they're involved as a volunteer in another organization, so they come to the Be More Awards. Um, They're in a play. They come to see a movie. Um, You know, people get married there. They have graduation parties there. We have um, so many stories of people's life, important life moments happening in that space. Mm -hmm. Um, And that only happens because we manage it in such a way that everyone has the ability to gather their audience or their community in the space together, Mm -hmm. um, which is a really different um, approach and really different philosophy than a specific artistic entity that owns a building that they're using for their own purposes.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Randy, with uh, you've seen a lot from – I mean, you've been in a lot of different places. So when you think about Bloomington as an arts community, I mean, you, you started from the ground up. You, you've been successful. Um, what's next for Cardinal, and how can you continue to succeed here?
4: Well, I, I you know, I would say that um, the the success of any arts organization is is depends on uh, in many ways on which day you ask them how you're doing right I mean, it, it is a day-to-day struggle and and there's no question that in Bloomington, that the the world of of uh living in a small college town is a world in which the college giveth and taketh away <laughs> right in many ways and we would not exist without the university without the iu theater program without the iu opera program without ivy tech i mean these these things are are incredibly important but at the same time they also present challenges in terms of there's so much going on at the university there's so much i don't want to say competition but rather things that people can be doing and at the same time there's also one of the things that i found in town and having been around the country and worked at different theater companies, and th- there's not a, 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 a history of giving to the arts in downtown Bloomington um, either through individual giving or through uh, foundational giving in, in southern Indiana that I see in other places. Mm-hmm. So, you know, someone once asked me, you know, can you, can you say just confidentially, how many donors does Cardinal have over $25,000? Because we only have about 20 <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and they're not that much larger an organization than us. And I just I, I did a spit take. You know, <laughs> we, we don't have any donors even approaching that that mm-hmm. kind of money. Nor are there foundations. Nor are there great wealthy foundations. We were just over to theater company in Dayton, looking at their books and sort of comparing what what they do. And a, a solid third of their income is from family foundations that have been established from wealth uh, generated over years and set up and established. That money doesn't exist here. So those are some of the challenges that we face. Um, certainly going forward um w- 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 i guess what i would say about all that just just to finish that thought actually mm-hmm. is that we have been very fortunate with small donors i mean that's w- what bloomington has is a committed base and when you look at our playbill and you look at the number of people who are giving to the arts and giving to cardinal it's astounding how many mm-hmm. small folks and by small you know they're they're giving a 50 a 100 or maybe 500 up into the major donor range it's just an incredible amount of people an incredible amount of support for what they see as as, um, important for this community, and the corporate support that we get is off the charts. I mean, the level of support we get, whether it's from Goldcasters, or Mallard-Grodner, or IU Credit Union, uh, these folks have just have just given us a, a, a foundation from which we can survive. In terms of going forward, I, you know, Cardinal has a couple of things that are exciting and new. For the first time, we are an equity theater this year. Mm-hmm. And that means that uh, we are part of the union. We've signed a contract with equity. That's sort of the marker for when you're a professional company. And so it's absolutely thrilling for us. It uh, means we have to commit to using a certain number of equity people in each show. Uh, and going forward, that increases, though we have negotiated to keep using local people. I think that alchemy of local art And visiting guest artists is something that works really well for us. For the first time, we're crossing a million dollar operating budget, which I'm for some reason that just makes me smile and happy. (laughs) Uh, It's hard to get all that money, but it's exciting to me. Uh, 30,000 patrons for the first time this year we'll cross thirty thousand people coming to cardinal shows and you know those people are eating in restaurants and that's the thing that that all of this is really about is what is the health of this community and we think about what cardinals accomplishing or not accomplishing or succeeding or uh... it's really about what is the ecology of bloomington and what's driving the economics of all this and and i you know i go to um, next door to one of the restaurants and the owner says to me you know your your show saved our january right those kind of things i asked a bartender the other night He is that true and he said yeah we actually schedule our staff around what goes on in around your shows. And somebody waits outside and says, they're out, and they come running back in and they start preparing for it.
3: We send all the local restaurants our schedule every month because uh-huh. they need to know or
4: they won't be ready for the crowds that come. And this is the stuff that makes, when I say we, we stayed because of the Buzzkirk, you know you can walk downtown with your family at night. This is what makes a community, uh, you know, a community of the year in Indiana is because of folks who are supporting and people who care about Buzzkirk and Waldron and and Cardinal. So those are some of the things that we're doing. We're very excited. We played the halftime game the other night at the IU basketball game. I I could close up shop now and be happy (laughs) because that was so much fun. Um, And then, of course, we have our education initiative, which is extraordinarily important. 5,000 students coming to shows. At up to eighty percent off, seven hundred students, family members for free master classes that are that are starting up again next week, Um, and then we have a a new science play that I'm very excited about where we're writing. Uh, from a Duke Energy Foundation grant, that we're going to be sending around to 12,000 students in the fall for free, uh, and we have Glenn Berger coming in, the guy who wrote Spider-Man on Broadway, uh, and who did Underneath the Lintels, a friend of mine is coming in, and we're going to be writing this one-hour play for students and four, five, six-year-olds about STEM, STEM topics, science, and what's going to, you know, why they should be excited about uh, about themselves and science. So, you know, those are some of the things that's ha- that are happening with us, and and we feel we feel it's been it's been a good year to uh, for Cardinal, and we're excited. Going forward, okay. And I wanted
0: to let Paul get in on this discussion about just the business and the economics of it. I mean, is Ivy Tech um, the sole supporter of Waldron?
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, (laughs) certainly we we uh, have rental charges. So Cardinal certainly helps um, support what we do. We're able to keep those charges very, very low. Um, They're way below market value, and and that's because we're a community college. Um, I'm able to have classes in there, and that helps support what we're doing. Uh, You know, I think the three of us could talk about how hard it is to fund the arts for at least a week. Um, And, you know, I think part of that is because the arts are in the air we breathe. Everywhere you look, it's part of the design of the app you're using. It's in the architecture. It's in the book you read. I mean, it is everywhere. And there is no way to say to the world, art's going on strike for a day. You're not going to have art for a day because it's everywhere. And when it's everywhere, you start to take av- uh, to, to uh, stop thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Stop thinking about how you need to fund it. Um, but we are really lucky in Bloomington. The, uh, when I first came into town and said I was going to do Ivy Tech student productions, several people asked me, isn't there enough theater? <laughs> There's never enough theater. Uh, we're in a great cycle where we push each other harder and farther. We make each other better. And in doing that, we make our audiences more aware of what's going on. Uh, it makes them appreciate all the art around them more. It helps lead them into giving to the arts, um, and that's something that's really been exciting for me to see over the past five years that we've been in town, ta- that I've been in town. Um, and and you know we also work together between the venues. So Danielle and I have talked many times about how we help feed the system together. You start off in the fire bay where you can get maybe 90 people. And then you move up to the auditorium where you're getting 200 people until you have a performance that you can take to the Buzzkirk Chumley where you have 600 people. Mm -hmm. Um, So we we all work together really well. Uh, I think we help educate our audiences and our um, sponsors and each other.
0: Mm -hmm. All right. We're going to have to take a short break. Um, We're talking about Theater in Bloomington, and we're talking about the, the greater issue of the arts, but mainly theater in Bloomington. Uh, if you have a question or a comment, give us a call, 855-0811 or 1-877-285-9348. And you can join live chat at wfiu.org slash or follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg from the Herald Times along with uh, three guests who are in the studio with, with me today. Danielle McClellan is the executive director of the Busker Chumley Theater. Paul Daly is the artistic director of the Ivy Tech John Waldron Arts Center. And Randy White is the founder and artistic director of Cardinal Stage Company. If you have questions or comments, want to join this conversation, we would welcome you at 855-0811 in Bloomington, or 1-877-285-9348, outside of the local calling area. You can also join the live chat at wfiu.org slash Noon Edition, and you can follow us on Twitter, at Noon Edition. Uh, I was just saying during the break, I was telling Randy um, and the others, I'm not sure they knew, but uh, one of the only... Two demonstrations ever I can remember outside the HT was by a small theater company that lasted about probably less than two years in Bloomington that thought we weren't giving them enough publicity. So it's a very passionate group of people. <laughs> you gotta love theater people. <laughs> you do, mm-hmm. I know. Um, I want to talk more about facilities. I know um, Paul just brought up the fact that you know right now the Rose Fire Bay, which is it's. A, a john right mm-hmm. rose yes. the rose a, family a john and judith and judith rose 90 90 people can be in there 200 in your main auditorium then you jump to the buzzkirk chumley 600 i know um, randy you have performances in both places how do you how do you choose which place you're going to be
4: well, there's a little bit of art involved, and you, know, you try to decide whether a show will look better, fit better into a space, but honestly, it's economics. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you can't put a, a small show like underneath the lintel or, or ground it into the buzzcur because it would get lost, swallowed, and you'd be broke very quickly. You need to make sure that, and Danielle and I talked about that when we first started, She's, you know, you, you have to make sure that you can sell X number of seats that pay for the venture. Mm-hmm. So when we, we look at a season, we try to get a mix together of smaller pieces, medium-sized pieces, and, and large pieces, so it's a, it's a pretty simple equation
0: mm-hmm. you just came through uh, your your run with shrek and uh-huh. that was at the buzzkirk chumley Yep. so i mean why, why was that such a good venue for you
4: well we have i think you know the the family holiday show has become quite a tradition in, in bloomington and and certainly is um in many ways our our bread and butter it's it's the show that sells the best every year um shrek was enormous mm-hmm. i mean it was one of the biggest things we've ever put on and strained we i I think it's fair to say that we push the buzzkirk in in ways that a lot of organizations don't
3: which is always one of the great things about the cardinal productions is that we get to see some you know people at the top of their art really like stretching the boundaries of the facility and you know what can happen inside of
4: there so in what way give me an example well, we we we've put people, I think, in every crevice and corner. We've had people acting on the catwalks. We've the city has shut us down because we wanted to do put actors in places that weren't necessarily where they should be. Um, but I, I think that we also, you know, the, the, it's it's an old vaudeville house, right? And so it, it sort of, it, you know, it's it, it's not Close it's enough. not designed as a as a modern theater with with you know 30 feet of depth mm-hmm. and huge wings and f- so so there are challenges you know the, there's no pit there's no pit so we create a pit it's those kind of things that that make it interesting the buzzkirk is one of the greatest places to watch a show from it's so comfy and, and cozy um it's just a it has challenges if you have big scenery and and lots of people moving so mm-hmm. but i love working there and we've we've you know we put on i think some pretty interesting pieces at the buskirk of a wide variety so mm-hmm. um, it's it's a great place yeah and then little
0: Shop of horrors I remember seeing that in, in uh, Paul's theater
4: at the at yeah. the auditorium I remember when we first came to, when I first came to Bloomington somebody said oh, the auditorium it's you know I'm sorry it's not a real theater and, and I had come from New York and I was like if this was in New York huh? oh my yeah. god people oh, would yeah. die for it because it's you know so many square open feet um, I think and I and what Ivy Tech has done for that mm-hmm. space in terms of shoring it up and new new new, new New ceiling, new roof, new, new equipment. It's, it's been terrific. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love working in all three spaces. I mean, you know, our next – we just come out of Shrek. We're going down to the fire bay for Grounded. We're going upstairs for, for uh, Brighton Beach. So it's, it's part of the thrill of, of uh, being a renter is you get to, you know, dip your toes in all these different spaces.
0: But, I you do know, I heard you speak a couple weeks ago, and you talked about the challenges of being a renter and how it would be perhaps very nice if you could be an owner and have your own space. So can you talk about the differences between, you know, if you were able to get your own space in town, how that would would change what you do?
4: Well, I think that, you know, the first thing I'd say is it's fairly clear from the conversation here that we all communicate and talk and it's it's all good relationship stuff. And what Cardinal is looking at is, is sort of the... You know the needs of of our company. There's no professional regional theater in the company that I, a country that I know that doesn't have its own space. There are reasons you need to have your own space, and for us, you know, we're looking at the cost of rental is, is significant and and uh, understandable. Everybody's got to keep their spaces open, and and uh, but for us, that's a lot of money going out the door that we're not investing in our own company. Um, there's also a, a labor cost. I mean, the cost uh, for us, both in terms of the amount of people we have to hire and the physical. <clears throat> Wear and tear on the company of getting in and out, and the times that we have to get in and out are are just enormous. You know, the the dirtiest word at Cardinal is strike, uh, mm-hmm. because it just you have you have a you know x number of hours, or you have to pay f- for more time, and and so so it's just it's just a hard it's just hard on the company after a while. It just wears you down. But I would say the biggest issue for us is is a branding issue. Mm-hmm. You know, is that we we um, w- on Shrek, for example. It was it was wonderful in that Shrek brought in an audience that we had not seen before. There was more new people in our database at the end of Shrek than we've ever seen because it's a, somewhat of a different kind of show for Cardinal. And one of the ha- craziest things about the last week or two around the the box office was listening to people try to explain where they come to buy a ticket, where they go to the show, uh, so if you so opening up those doors to new audiences and you start to realize how complicated our our system and structure is so the idea that we would have one space and and one home makes a lot of sense plus the fact that you know if we want to have uh, rehearsals. We don't have enough space. We don't have space for, for construction. We don't have space for uh, classes. We don't have space to do readings. Like we just we don't have enough space. So as we look at the sort of comprehensive future uh, for Cardinal, it's got to include something to do with space. We don't know where we're going yet. We don't know what we're doing. We're just opening the door to the question of where. Are we going to be in a couple of years that's going to make sense for us because we've outgrown what works for us on the on the physical side right now?
0: You're located right now in a building on just off south Walnut.
4: yeah, right? the old the old Hoosier outdoor advertising building, right. And what do you do there? I mean, what do you have rehearsal space there? and we have rehearsal space mm-hmm. there, and we have offices there and our box office is there, okay. Uh, but our, we, we, what we don't have is construction space, storage space. It's an, it's it's you can't quite imagine the the size of just the stuff we have. And we're jamming it into corners everywhere. You finish a show like Shrek and there's just, what are you going to do with all of that stuff? Props, mm-hmm. costumes, and stuff like that. So. Mm-hmm. All
0: right. Again, 8550-811 in Bloomington, one 285 9348 outside of the local calling area. You can also join the live chat at WFIU.org slash And you can follow us on Twitter at Noon Paul, what's it, uh, what's it take to put on a show uh, one of the shows that you're doing through Ivy Tech. I mean, talk about, you know, we, we all know if you go to a show, you see the people who are on stage. How many people does it take to pull something like that off?
2: Uh, <laughs> talk, talk about one particular play that you've done. Sure. I mean, it always takes a lot of people. Uh, it is incredible the amount of time, effort, energy, money that goes into any single production. Uh, my aesthetic personally is, a, is as a minimalist – Mm -hmm. Um, And this is sort of what I was talking about earlier, how we all kind of push each other um, to go further, and you know, you have to look around town and go, how does what I'm doing fit into the broader picture? So Randy is doing this wonderful kind of work that is regional theater kind of work. And and that brings in audiences, I mean, I love having Randy and Cardinal in my space because it brings people into the building that would never set foot in an Ivy Tech building. So that's just terrific for me. Uh, BPP is doing new plays. Um, You know, IU is doing their educational, historical, new pieces, um, a little bit of everything. And I have to go, how do I fit into that? So what I bring into it is is a minimalist look. Uh, So my production costs are significantly less than somebody else. Uh, It also means that there's uh, less people involved. Having said that, I still require an army. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I'm very lucky. I've got the the college uh, uh, team to help. So I have a marketing team that gets out information. I have uh, student volunteers who help paint sets or sew costumes or be backstage. Um, I've got uh, the facilities crew who builds the sets for us. Um, you know, right now, we're, we're working on Eurydice by Sarah Rule, and I'm going to have a waterfall on stage, and uh, Cook has generously offered the use of a spill containment skid. I didn't even know what that thing was, um, and I've got people, you know, I'm communicating with all kinds of people about getting a hold of that. Um, we've got our set designer, our costume designer, our... Um, a lighting designer, myself directing it. You have the people in the production. I, you know, I can go on and right, on. Right, right right, <laughs> right, right. I've, I've got a.
4: Uh, take this minimalist approach. <laughs> it sounds really good. Right. We had 14 people working backstage at Shrek, 26 people on stage, a design team of four or five. We had probably about 15 people, the painters and the construction people, amazing. It's its an enormous task, putting on a, putting on a play. Mm-hmm. I, I was thinking last night when I was watching, uh, God, it looks so clean up there when I was at the Buzzkirk for, for yep. Daryl Nears. Uh, it must be great <laughs> not to have a set and costumes and all that. Mm-hmm. Right
0: well I, want, I wanted to ask about just get into a really general sense. I mean why should people care about all this? I mean, you know the importance of theater to a community um, you know it takes all these people to do it they're all getting some some benefit out of it. I would assume, but you know if if somebody just came to you and said, you know theater it's you know it's just it's a bunch of people acting on a stage. Why should I care about that? What would you say
3: well i'm going to jump yeah I'm yeah, going to jump in um with um put on my um adjunct faculty for the IU Arts Administration Program HAT, Mm -hmm. and the class that I teach there is Art and Social Change, Um, and one of the things that we discuss on an ongoing basis um, is how community engagement makes or breaks a community. If you have community engagement, you can solve any problem that the community faces. If you don't have vehicles through which Community, individual community members who might not know each other, um, when when they don't have the opportunity to interact with one another in any way, they don't have any relationship to one another. So when suddenly the community is facing, uh, you know, a grave danger to its survival in any way, shape or form, there's no network to activate. And... Mm -hmm. Um, I think on one hand, like the highest level of art, the people who are at the very top of their game um, ask us all individually to question and explore the most important um, like spiritual um, questions of our lives, to examine who am I, what is is my place in the universe, why am I here? a community play where a whole grump a whole bunch of people who don't necessarily know each other or have any other way to interact get together and actually spend 3 to 4 months asking those questions together have a bond and a way of interacting with one another that's incomparable you cannot create that in any other way shape or form mm-hmm. um, so that The connections made between those people as they're doing that play are invaluable. The audience that comes into the room to watch that play together, again, merges and crosses boundaries that wouldn't otherwise have any reason to cross. Um, And again, it's it's having a facility where that can happen and then having the people who have the vision and the skill and um, just the exquisite nature to ask those questions in the first place, to pull those people together. And mm-hmm. I think, I mean, that's why the arts are so important and live theater kind of trumps a lot of them
2: <laughs> <Right>.
3: <laughs> because it's live time, it's live people, mm-hmm. and that's something that we're all... Seeing dwindle away at this point. So much of our time is spent not being in live space with other, spo- yeah, with and other I, folks.
0: And I think when you talk like that, I, I just think about the whole, the term shared experience. I mean, people are, mm-hmm. come together, they share an experience, and whether they're acting in the play or whether they're in the audience watching the production, they're sharing an experience that they can then talk with one another about, and they've seen the same thing. Randy?
4: Well, well I, I think you could answer it from two directions that are actually kind of connected. The the first is an economic one. And, you know, one of the things that I want to talk to with the next mayoral candidates Mm -hmm. is what is your vision for how the arts fit into the economics of, of this town? And, and we talk a lot in Bloomington about the economics of art. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to I want to hear from both John and Daryl, and if anyone else joins, uh, you know what what they see as the future of Bede, uh how they see funding for the arts, uh, those sort of uh, questions of, of of nuts and bolts, because I think it really does matter in terms of I, I couldn't agree more with Danielle. I mean, you know, theater was created many 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 years ago, thousands of years ago, to bring the citizens together to look at who we are as community and to look at these issues and so you take a play like 1776, and you talk about the kids that came to that show and the adults that came to that show and people who looked at that history, American history. It's, a, it's an examination. That's a, a very literal examination of who we are as a people. The same thing with birthday feasts. You know, you look at a play that's about ec- the, the economics of food and kids and food and relationship to food. I mean, these are these are subjects that generate conversations. That uh, my my own kids, you know, when they come to these shows, uh, a month later they'll they'll spark a line or they'll they'll say something around the dinner table. How do you? Remember remember that. And this is what happens when you get into these shared situations where things um, things work on you and conversations begin. And I think that as a people, uh, it makes us richer. I've been in a lot of communities in this country and in my native Canada where there are not the arts in, in these smaller towns. And those places are economically poorer and they are I, 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 would, I would go as far as to say spiritually poorer uh, than a community like Bloomington. Mm-hmm.
0: Paul hold your thoughts on that I'm going to go come back to you but we have a phone call so I want to go to the phones and Melinda from Bloomington is on the line Melinda
5: Hello Bob hey and, how are you Oh I'm doing great I'm, I'm calling in just to put in my two cents Fort worth for what all of these theater companies have done for the young people in our community and you know besides getting them in to see the shows, having worked at Bloomington South with literally hundreds of kids, having uh, helped with BPP programs, the ability for a child to get on stage and be able to experience theater and bringing characters to life um, is something that I I think is life-changing, whether that child goes on to do theater or not. And in the 10 years that I've volunteered in various capacities, I've seen this town's theater just skyrocket due to Paul, due to Randy, due to Chad at the BPP, just really bringing their game up in town, and I think it's fabulous what they've done, and uh, I'm just I'm curious what, what lies in the future in terms of cooperative projects between the BPP and the Waldron and Cardinal, um, because I know in years past, a lot of them were based out of the BPP, and whether Randy sees whether he would be doing anything new if he gets a new building, and, and um, I'll just hang up and say I think that it's great you're all doing what you do. And uh, I hope to see more of it in the future for the next generations. Thanks.
4: All right. Thanks, Melinda. Thank you, Melinda. Uh, I, I would just say that whatever Cardinal ends up doing, and again, we don't know where we're going and, and and where this is going to end up. But one of the things that we look at is what is the ecology of Bloomington, what is what is currently available, and and you know for us there there might be a sweet spot in the in the 250 300 seat range but i do know that whatever we build it's got to have access for the community because i feel like you know one of the things when we came because there was a bloomington area arts council i could not have started cardinal without the arts council I mean they were they were there for support in a whole bunch of ways, and we were able to get in and, and get technical support and all kinds of things that that doesn't exist anymore in town for for all kinds of reasons. But something that we would be interested in is 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 you know creating a space that people have access to rehearsal space, which is desperately needed in this town. There just isn't any rehearsal space um, office spaces. I mean so we're we're looking at sort of a comprehensive kind of approach that would be additive to what's in town and and not in, hopefully not in competition in any kind of
2: way. Mm-hmm. so. I'm just going to jump back a little bit yeah. to the question of why do theater, uh, mm-hmm. which is a question I ask myself midway through every production <laughs> I do, um, yeah. and I'm going to look at it a little bit broader uh, and and go, why do we do the arts in general? Because uh, that's what I look at in an arts center, um, and, uh, and, and I'll kind of incorporate Melinda's call and, and anybody else who wants to call and say we're great is welcome mm. to, <laughs> but... Ivy Tech over the past few years has really committed to the arts in Bloomington. Uh, they took on the Waldron. Uh, a couple years after that, they got the Associate of Fine Arts in place. A year ago, they uh, made the School of Fine Arts, and I, I got a second job. I became the Dean of Fine Arts. So the commitment to the Fine Arts is there, and the question is, why? Why is Ivy Tech investing in this? Why is this important? And there are many, many reasons, but I think it really comes down to three uh, things that, that we're having trouble teaching citizens of the United States right now. And that's empathy, creativity, and soft skills. Mm-hmm. And these are things that every employer wants, and this is what we want in our neighbors. And that's what the arts teach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Bravo, br- Paul. Yeah, yeah. absolutely.
0: Yeah. All right. We have another phone call, and uh, Stan is on the line. Stan?
2: Ha, ha, thank you. The last speaker uh, actually touched on what my question is, and that is uh, about prisoners. I, I remember reading a tremendous article about prisoners being taught to perform Shakespeare, and uh, whether you call it a spiritual or self-knowledge or, or whatever you call it, there clearly is a gain for those individuals. I, I wonder if your guest could speak to that.
4: hmm well, there was a program out of Kentucky, actually, that uh, the, that out of Louisville, uh, that was a national program that, that got a, a great deal of recognition for working with with uh, uh, prisoners and, and Shakespeare programs. I mean, I think that all the studies that they've done on kids and 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 these these experiences, where the, the question of empathy and this question of of investigating who we are from multiple points of view. I mean, the great thing about going to a play is you have an antagonist and a protagonist, and you have people sort of debating issues back and forth. There's no right or wrong necessarily in a good play, hopefully, um, and and so what you end up with is a situation where people are asked to look at something from the opposite side all of a sudden and that's where i think that you start to see real gains in the in in populations overtly in these sort of populations where they're studying but in the wider general population i you know i i i boy it's hard to pin down why art matters i mean there's you can talk around it and and if somebody had done it perfectly we'd be able to just quote them but there's an intrinsic experience that happens and i think going back to danielle's point that theater because it incorporates just about every form of art inside theater. There's painting, there's singing, there's dancing, there's acting. It's all there. There's something about that comprehensive human experience, seeing people living that, that has an effect on people, and people want it. People just want to experience it. They want to experience through stories, through narrative, a way of understanding their own lives, and that is valuable. Mm
0: -hmm.
4: Anybody else?
0: Yes. Stan's point? Stan? That good
2: uh, that that's great okay uh, empathy, I think is, is a major point to make yeah
0: all right, Stan Thank you thanks a lot Thank for you. the call. We have just a few more minutes to go. you can still slide in a phone call eight five five zero eight one 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 eight seven seven two eight five nine three four eight uh you can join the live chat at w f i u slash noon edition yeah i th- I think it's important, even though yeah you know, why is art important it yeah how can you There's no one answer to it, obviously. But uh, but I I think the exercise is always an interesting one to talk about. it.
2: It is. And I'm going to just jump in real quick, a little bit of a plug for what we're doing at the Waldron. But I think this is important to mention right now. We're holding a community arts award ceremony in uh, March, March 7th, Mm -hmm. where we honor these people who are doing what they can for the arts in the community. Uh, and nominations are open right now, so I, I encourage you to go on our website, the Ivy Tech Waldron website. Uh, the awards we're going to give out is Arts and Business Award, Arts and Education, um, Arts Advocate, and Special Citation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's important that we recognize the people who are affecting change in the arts in our community and keeping it alive. What? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Daniel.
3: And I was just going to dovetail a little bit off of Paul's point of. How important um, it is to citizenship in general. Um, I think many people tend to think, oh well, arts is important for the artsy people, but you know, well, you know, the person who doesn't really care about the arts, that's not that important. Um, but I think that because even if you don't become an actor. Um, the opportunity to interact even as a child or a student um, with these questions of life um, makes for a good citizen. Um, And for us at the BCT, having a facility where all of the variety of different ideas um, are possible to be explored in one civic space is the most important. And one of the challenges that the Buskirk Chumley Theater is facing as we move forward is that um, we're we're looking at changes in our funding structure. We've had a really strong collaboration between sponsors and donors and city funding to support the civic space. And because of changes at the state level, um, our funding situation is no longer available from the city for operations. And that's... Um, going to put the theater at risk of being accessible to all of these different ideas and all of these different um, areas of the community to be able to get into this space.
0: So what can you do about that?
3: Um, so um, <laughs> we are actively looking for more people to become involved as both donors and sponsors. Um, we're also hoping that the um, the city moving forward can find a solution to the fact that our, you know, the, TIF funding that we've relied on is now changed. Um, coming up on February twenty second, we're having a fundraiser, which is the easiest fundraiser you could ever come to um, because it's free and open to the public. We're showing um, the Oscars at our red carpet affair at the theater on Sunday, February twenty second, and we all kinds of ways at that event to support the theater.
4: Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say that if you you know that the amount of pressure that we can bring to bear on on funding resources is, is minimal. It's only going to happen if if people care and if people get involved. And you know, with these with the, the mayor's election is a is a great opportunity to to get promises from people to make them speak to what it is that they're going to do uh, literally in the future for what we you know what we call the sort of jewel in in Southern Indiana, Bloomington. And and um, I, I, I'm hoping that people will. Uh, Put pressure on their on their uh, city council members on their state representatives and because every every call that they get they assume that there's 10 or 15 or 20 people behind that call so it matters that's how change is affected is people uh, putting pressure on their elected representatives Mm -hmm. yeah i've heard matt pierce say that very
0: thing in here yeah it really does matter all right right. any any last points anybody wants to make we
4: got about a minute to go our next show is Grounded. Okay. Uh, do uh, do come see it. It's a terrific play about a uh, female fighter pilot who becomes a drone pilot after she becomes a mom and is fighting a new war a thousand, you know, 3,000 miles away from the desert in uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, She's fighting a war in Afghanistan from home. It's a whole new war.
0: Okay. We've got Grounded, Cardinal. We've got Iris DeMint Saturday at Busker Chumley. What's your next uh,
2: performance? For Ivy Tech itself is Eurydice. Yeah, right.
0: Okay. All right, we are out of time. I want to thank uh, our, our guests today, Danielle McClellan, Paul Daly, and Randy White, for producer Lacey Scarmana, engineer Mike Pashkash, uh, and my absent co-host, Mary Catherine. I'm Bob Salzberg. Thanks for listening.
1: Noon Edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times. A podcast of this and other WFIU programs is available at WFIU.org. Production support comes from
0: Smithville Communications, serving Southern Indiana with fiber gigabit internet and digital IPTV. More information at smithville.net.
1: And from School of Public Health Bloomington, Public Health Reimagined addressing 21st century health challenges with a multidisciplinary approach to disease prevention, health promotion, and enhancing quality of life. publichealth.indiana.edu.